it's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome Sandy, thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in DC is Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you, or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician, I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're gonna lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game, this is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. We're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is unless you start giving it. Yeah, that's just the way it goes. I, I do think we should vote to approve it. Yes, of course he does. That's a doctor on that panel, the FDA panel yesterday, recommending to approve the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine for kids ages 5 through 11. That doctor, he was one of 17. I don't know if they were all doctors on the panel, but there were 17, and they all voted in favor. And I want you to listen carefully. The audio on that's not great, but basically he says, uh, you know, we got we got to vote for this. We got to vote that this get injected into our children five through eleven, so we can you know see what kind of harm there is. If you don't believe that, let's listen to what he said one more time. We're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is unless we start giving it. Yeah, um, that's just the way it goes. I I do think we should vote to approve it. Yes, of course. We, we're never going to know what harm it does unless we approve it. So I think we should approve it. So let's just do it and see what happens to our kids. That's exactly what they're doing. It has to go to um, the FDA leadership to grant approval after, uh, with the Centers for Disease Control. But already, as I understand it, and I think I've misplaced this article, but uh, I was reading that the Pfizer, the Pfizer folk are already out ahead of this. They've got cute little packaging for kids. Uh, it's already because kind of I think the fix is in. I sort of think the fix is in. So um, children, by the way, just to be specific on this, since the pandemic has begun, nearly 2 million children ages 5 through 11 have been infected. Only 166 children aged 5 through 11 have died of COVID-19 since the start of the pandemic. So that's 166 out of 2 million. If you work that out statistically, it is just uh, hardly any. I think would be bottom line would be hardly any. And of course, that does not factor in how many children have been harmed. And we're going to get into that just in a, in a second. Um, uh, this is a doctor. I should know who Aaron Cariardi is. I don't know. Perhaps you do. I didn't have time to look. Uh, but uh, he tweeted, let the record show. I am convinced that today's decision by the FDA to give e EUA authorization for 5 to 11-year-old children for the Pfizer vaccine will be seen as one of the worst medical disasters of the 21st century. Say what you want in response. We'll check back in 20 years. And that's a, a statement by Dr. Aaron Cariardi. Uh, last night, uh, Shannon Bream had a couple of, uh, a doctor and a, an attorney on her show talking about this. And uh, one of the, the attorney on the show is uh, representing people that have been harmed from the vaccine. His name is Aaron Siri. I wanted you to hear what he had to say as a result of this clip 12. Our firm is uh, inundated with individuals calling us 
after COVID-19 vaccine injuries. But I think, Shannon, that you're referring specifically to a, a young lady named Maddie DeGarry, who's 12 years old, participated in the Pfizer clinical trial for 12 to 15 year olds, a trial that only had about 1,100 children. And she suffered a serious adverse event um, right after the vaccine. She ended up in a wheelchair. She has a feeding tube through her nose. Um, it, People get injured from vaccines, it happens. But the most troubling part of this story is what Pfizer and the, and the FDA did after she was injured. They tried to brush it under the rug. Um, Pfizer reported it to the FDA mm -hmm. as an abdominal uh, uh, pain. Uh, she's in a wheelchair, she has a feeding tube, and that's how it was reported. And despite the fact that uh, the DeGarry family has gone public with this months ago, the FDA has not once reached out to them. Yes, so there's the story from an attorney who's representing these uh, families. There are going to be some lawsuits. There just have to be, and people are pushing back. But I want to tell you more things that I found out this morning. I'm, I'm actually kind of shaken, to be honest with you. I think I've heard it all, but I guess I haven't. I guess there's more to hear. You've probably heard yesterday there's a big brouhaha about uh, Anthony Fauci, of course, has been leading the National Institute for Health research, especially on AIDS, and we're going to get to that in a second. But he's been overseeing lots of experiments. I mentioned to you yesterday the whole story that I described a few weeks ago about them using unborn babies, taking their, um, their the crown of their heads and imposing it on rats, and then the rats were growing babies' hair. That was one experiment under Dr. Fauci, and now uh, people are upset because we find out that he was taking beagles and uh, putting them in cages and letting insects that eat flesh eat them alive uh, to do an experiment. And so people are upset about that because that's dogs, you see. Uh, but we also now that know that he was uh, drilling holes in monkeys' heads and implanting devices in their brains. I, was, I saw a picture of that last night. So the animal rights people are upset. I'm glad. Let it, let it begin. Let us get upset. Um, someone, a friend of mine, uh, produced this. If you can't trust Fauci with your dog, how can you trust him with your child? And the point that I'm going to make is that you can't. You can't. I want to tell you about a story that I'm reading this morning uh, from a, a Gateway Pundit. Are you ready? So fasten your seatbelts. Because uh, Anthony Fauci made his bones doing AIDS research. He became what he, whatever he is, uh, whatever people think uh, highly of him. Uh, I, I'm finding it difficult to think, think anything of him other than disgust and disdain. Uh, but it's his AIDS research. It was a f supposedly phenomenally successful. And that's he sort of... Uh, walked on that uh, wave for a very long time. But now we know that Dr. Fauci was experimenting on children in New York City who were um, uh, AIDS orphans. They were living in, uh, I think it looks, sounds like a, it was a Catholic charity uh, at home. And in 2005, uh, New York hired uh, an institute under Fauci to form a final report on drug trials so they reported during giving these children these experimental drugs, these were orphan children, that 25 of them died during the drug studies, an additional 55 died following the studies. They were in foster care. And according to Tim Ross, the director of child welfare for the program, uh, as of 2009, 29% of the remaining 417 children who were used in drug studies have died out of the total 532 children 
that are admitted to have been used. Now, there is an audio of this, an audio of an interview uh, with one of the nurses that uh, worked with the kids. She was in the facility for 10 years. And I, when I have more time, I'm going to play parts of it to you. She was a hospital nurse. She talked about how the kids got immediately sick when they took this injection. Uh, they would throw up. And then as they got older, they would ask to be opted out, say they didn't want to do it. It was making them sick. They couldn't go to school. Uh, but they were refused. And if they refused to take the medication, they would insert feeding tubes and force it down them. This, it is horrific. The audio of this is horrific. That was under Dr. Anthony Fauci's National Institutes for Health. So when I tell you that he's Dr. Mengele, the wicked Nazi doctor who experimented on people, I mean it. And so um, when we have time, I'll play some of that audio for you, but not this morning. You can find that article. It's Gateway Pundit. We'll put it on our Facebook page. It's called, It Wasn't Just Beagles and Monkeys. Fauci's NIH also funded medical experiments on AIDS orphans in New York City. Okay, so there you go. And uh, this is from a Harvard University professor, Martin Kuldorf. He says, I don't think children should be vaccinated for COVID. I'm a huge fan of vaccinating children for measles, mumps, polio, rotavirus, and many other diseases. But COVID is not a huge threat to children. He goes on and talks about the stats on this. He said they can be infected like uh, they can get the common cold, but they're not, that's, they're not a big threat. They don't die from this, except in very rare circumstances. So if you want to protect children and keep them safe, I think we can talk about traffic accidents, which really are a risk. And there are other things uh, that we should do to make children safe. But ch COVID is not a big risk factor for children. And so um, anyway, he, uh, that's just a little headline of what he has to say. And I wanted to bring that to your attention. That's uh, sickening. It's sickening. And they're going to be forcing you to vaccinate your children. You can take that to the bank. Pfizer, uh, there's just too much money to be made here. And we are, um, we are living in dangerous, wicked, wicked times. I want to point to you, just to encourage you, though, thousands and thousands of uh, New York City workers crossed the Brooklyn Bridge. I told you this yesterday. I paid, played you audio from it, but now there's some written reports of it. They are fighting back because they're forcing vaccination on them. And they're saying some incredibly profound things. I'll give you an example. One of them says, why are we here? We're here. It's not just because of forced mandates, medical mandates. This is about freedom. This is the real issue. It's about freedom. And we're fighting a dictatorship in this country. We're fighting a tyranny. The reality is we have a president who is forcing people to do something that is absolutely against their religious opinions or their medical decisions, and we have to do everything we can to fight for everyone. Everyone that was forced to be vaccinated needs to stand united for freedom. We all know what's going on in this country. We have, we have a communist takeover. Give me liberty or give me death, he said, quoting Patrick Henry's famous words. Uh, and a lot of the others, they had signs. We're on the side of God and truth. Wake up, America. We're fighting tyranny in this country. or We're fighting communism in this country. How dare any politician, any corrupt politicians think they could force Americans to take this vaccine? That's what they, they're fighting back as they cross the Brooklyn Bridge. And I just wanted to, to, to give that to you, to encourage you. And then, of course, there are other kinds of fights going on in Loudoun County. Incredible things are happening. In fact, uh, students walked out of a school. Let's listen to this clip, uh, Devin. Let's just give them a little si uh, little idea of what the kids are saying. Let's listen. Hey, hey. 
Loudoun County protects rapists. That's what the kids are saying. They're marching out of there. I don't normally, you know, I don't like bringing in kids in this stuff, to be honest with you. My, my gut is that they shouldn't have to be dealing with this. But in our culture, sometimes it's the only way to get the attention. When the kids get involved, they have more power than the parents. It's just, it shouldn't be that way. It should not be that way. Loudoun County is very upset about what's happening. In fact, a dad uh, went to the school board meeting, I think it was last night, maybe the, the night before, and uh, he is demanding for the resignation of the superintendent because the superintendent lied in a school board meeting about knowing that this boy dressed in a dress had raped a girl in the in the school. We know now that the superintendent had sent a letter to everyone telling them that there had been an incident, but he claimed publicly in the school board meeting that he knew nothing about it. As a result of that, a dad stood in the meeting, and this is what he said. This is clip 10. Mr. Ziegler, are you listening to us or are you working on a computer tonight? to Bramilton High School, middle school. I do not trust you, Mr. Ziegler. I do not trust you to ensure the education or the safety of my daughter in the school system which you represent and are paid $295,000 a year to lead. I don't care if it's three months or nine months. You're responsible and you have failed us as parents. We will not be silent. We are the protectors of our children and we outright refuse to co-parent with you, with this board, with this county and this state education system. You have proven incapable of protecting our children. As such, I am aggressively calling and funding for the prosecution of you for what has happened to these children in these two different high schools. Two sexual assaults by the same boy identifying himself as a girl for which we warned you about in June would occur. All right. So Loudoun County is plenty angry. I have another clip I want to play for you that comes from California. Uh, this is a mom. Uh, she's the wife of an NFL player, uh, and she's really hopping angry also. Uh, the people are getting activated. And so this should be an encouragement to you. We have to fight. We have to fight for the right reasons. Uh, we have to fight in the right way, but we must fight. We must fight. All right, coming back, we're going to change the subject. Uh, my good friend, and he's not just my good friend, he's a national treasure. Dave Bratt is joining us next. He's an economist, and we're going to talk about, you know, why the ports are so stopped up, why so much inflation, why the oil shortage, why, you know, why all of it? Why is this happening? We'll talk about it coming up next. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. After a series of health issues, this mom felt abortion was the only answer. moms in crisis, offering free ultrasounds and the gospel in action. At just 11 weeks old, these twins cried out for life through ultrasound. Preborn clinics are the largest providers of free ultrasounds in the USA, introducing moms to their preborn babies and helping them choose life. To find out more, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Your love can save a life.
A teenage jihadist comes to Christ. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and I met young Ahmed when I visited the Middle East. His father died fighting for ISIS, his mother was an extremist, and young Ahmed was going to be a suicide bomber by killing himself and others being sold out to violent Islam. Now, his mother and siblings, they came to Christ, they prayed nonstop for his salvation, and when it came, he was beaten nearly to death by extremists. And when I caught up with him several villages over, I asked, Ahmed, what's your Bible mean to you? And he said, I can look here and see where Jesus says they'll hate you because they hated me and where Jesus says I'm with you always. Now listen, having a Bible it meant everything to him and gave him perspective and his prayer was for believers there who need God's word to endure and persevere. And I said, Ahmed, those Bibles, they're coming. Bible League invites you to send God's word to Bibleist believers around the world in our campaign The World Needs the Word at only $5 a Bible, every gift matched. Call 800-YES-WORD 800-YES-WORD or give it sendbiblesnow.org sendbiblesnow.org org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. This fall, Liberty University is celebrating 50 years of training champions for Christ. Since 1971, Liberty has been training Christ-centered men and women with the values, knowledge, and skills essential for impacting the world, a vision that continues today. The story of Liberty University is one of unwavering faith, and we invite you to be part of the next chapter. With more than 700 programs online and on campus, Liberty can help you turn your vision into a future you can be proud of. Visit liberty.edu to learn more. Again, that's liberty.edu. Dr. Jeffrey Horak is a surgeon in Fergus Falls, North Dakota. The other day, he stood before the school board and spoke out against mask mandates, telling the school board parents are the ones who should be responsible for making health decisions for their kids. Two weeks later, Dr. Horak was fired from Lake Region Medical Group. No reason was given, just a thank you for 16 years of service. Hundreds of people gathered outside the hospital to protest his dismissal and to thank the good doctor for taking a stand. A group of anonymous nurses released a statement saying they too wanted to speak out, but they feared losing their jobs. Dr. Horak is a patriot, and no doubt he will be just fine. He's an example to the rest of the nation that sometimes standing up for freedom comes with a price. More than a million Americans have already downloaded my daily podcast, and you should too right now at ToddStarns.com. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Sure, these vaccine mandates, whether at the federal level or some of our uh, Democrat governors are putting them into place, they are unconstitutional and illegal. In my home state of New York, you talked about, Harris, how we could see uh, massive shortages. We are already seeing worker shortages in New York with our unconstitutional mandate. I represent a hospital in my district in a rural region, Lewis County. They're no longer able to deliver babies because of this vaccine mandate. So our workers, whether it's our nurses, our doctors, our first responders, our law enforcement officers, they worked, they put their lives and health on the line throughout the COVID pandemic. And now uh, these mandates are forcing them out of a job. If they choose not to get the the vaccine, that is their personal choice. That is already exacerbating a labor shortage that we're already facing in this country, Mm. particularly as we're heading into the holidays with such a significant supply chain crisis. So Republicans are opposed to these top-down mandates. This is government overreach at 
at its worst. And what was most frustrating and telling for me to hear from the president of the United States is he mocked Americans for standing up for their freedoms. This country is based upon freedoms and Republicans are going to defend freedom. It was Congresswoman Elise Stefanik of New York City. I thought that was a great statement. Uh, And she is saying that the vaccine mandate is causing the labor shortages. And she's also talking about, you know, goods and services not being delivered. And I want to talk about our economy uh, because we've done precious little of that. We've been talking about everything else, uh, but it's becoming uh, it's at a crisis level. And all of us are experiencing the high prices in stores the high prices of gasoline, the difficulty in getting goods and services. And so it's time to talk about that. We're going to do it. Let me just give you some some stats on what's happening with the shipping. There are roughly, according to um, the Epoch Times, roughly 77 ships are currently waiting outside the docks in the ports of Los Angeles, Long Beach, California. They're carrying a staggering $24 billion worth of goods that are waiting to be offloaded. Um uh, backlogs and elevated shipping costs are likely to persist. And on and on it goes. I, I, there's more stats on that, but you get the idea. I've asked Dave Brad to join us this morning. Not only is he good, is a good friend, he's just a, he's an economist who's well qualified to talk about this stuff. And he's also a former professor of economics, which makes him a great teacher. But right now he is the dean of the School of Economics at Liberty University. Dave has his PhD in economics, his master's in divinity from Princeton in theology, and his bachelor's in business administration. And so he knows what he's talking about. Dave, thanks for joining us this morning. Always great to be on. Thanks for having me. Okay, so Dave, this is we're ta- we're going to talk about a huge thing in a short time, but you're yep. good at that. So, yep. uh, I, I, th- let's talk about the shortages, uh, the just not things being in the shel- shelf. Help us understand yep. uh, what's going on with that. Yeah, well, the, the simplest way to view it is for all of human history, we operated without the free market system, which which has to be chosen, right? So then Adam Smith comes along in 1776 and says, "Hey." You don't need a king or a despot or a tyrant to command everybody to do everything. You can allow human freedom, that, and that, that goes right along with the, our conception of our creation, right? We were created uh, freely to follow God. God could have created robots. And that system has made us the richest country on the earth, but now the American people are being tempted into security uh, over freedom. The government will provide you this. The government will provide you this. And they're all worried about, you know, what dictators at the same time. Well, if you make a giant government that controls everything, then you get everything you've been talking about. And so one of the main culprits that you you don't see every day is the Federal Reserve System. That's separate from the government. They're just in charge of money. But if they print too much money, which they did back in 04 and 05, it caused that financial crisis. And you can go look it up. right? Just go look at they printed money. And now they're printing too much money, and you're going to get inflation. And then along with that, the economy, the real economy, which growth is caused by capital and technology, et cetera. Uh, And we're not doing great on that. Just think of your K-12 schools. They're doing everything except that. And so that's keeping the economy from growing. So we're heading toward another 70s scenario of stagflation, which is inflation with a stagnant or non-growing economy. And so the Democrats' answer to that is more government intrusion. So they're pushing for a $3.5 trillion, uh, another stimulus bill to keep the dead corpse alive, right? They're just, they keep infusing blood into this corpse that's the economy that's laying there. 
And if you didn't have all this injections, right, of, of, of money from the Federal Reserve and fiscal spending, uh, the economy would just be deader than a doornail. And everybody knows this. Wall Street knows this. Right. That's why everybody's getting ready for a big shocker. But we're also waiting to see if they get another two trillion in spending. So that that in a nutshell is the macro economy. Uh, and, it, you know, the, the, the ships and all that kind of thing. Some of that's tied to inflation, because if you think prices are going to go up in the future, what do you do now? You buy everything now while the prices are still you know, only up, you know, six, seven percent because, you know, higher prices are coming. So nothing changed about the ships or the ports or anything. It's just there's a huge demand because expectations are, hey, we got inflation coming around. So one mistake causes another, and we're living in the middle of just a, a series of colossal federal government mistakes. Dave, um, is it unfair to say that the Biden administration policies are responsible for all of this? Uh, it it. It's probably an overstatement by a little bit because China's responsible too, uh, COVID, but uh, Biden is friendly with China. So you go back to Trump 09, uh, we had the biggest wage increases for folks with high school degrees we've had in the last 50 years and the lowest unemployment rate across every category uh, of people. And so, uh, yeah, we, we have categorically different policies in place now. Uh, and all, and, and what's worse is the signals are bad. <clears throat> Everybody knows we're not going to have a pro-business economy. We're, we're moving towards socialism uh, by the day. And so, yes, a huge amount uh, uh, on the new administration and their policies uh, and continued spending and no fiscal discipline and what they're investing. They call everything investments. But what invest, investments in economics cause economic growth. And they're not doing investment. They're just doing they're just handing out uh, candy bars to everybody. Right. They're just giving the economy a sugar high and uh, it won't work and it's not working. You know, one of the things that uh, President Trump did that, you know, well, uh, Dave, is uh, they did a systematic uh, going through. There was an executive order that all of the department should go through the um, regulations and do away yep, yep. with as many of them as possible. And this was time-consuming right. and labor-intensive, and there were people— yep. This is like you don't get an award for this, for you know doing away right. with regulations. But this really unleashed the control of small businesses and major businesses and caused uh, the economy to thrive. Explain, speak to that, if you would. Yeah, no, that's right. I mean, <clears throat> I always used to teach my economic classes. And, and, and I think I said 09 before, but I meant Trump in 19, and the economy was doing great. Uh, but, you, you know, just think of a house, how many hundreds of thousands of pieces go into a house. And then I'd ask the class, see if you can name one part of that house that's not regulated, right? The pitch of the roof is regulated, the carpet, the, the paint. You, you, can't, you can't cause cancer if your baby licks the walls. You know, I mean, you can just make stuff up, right, how, how far apart your outlet's got to be. When you regulate every single thing, it raises the price and the cost of everything. And then you, you hire your, your guys to come in there and do the drywall and this, and they got to pay attention to all these special rules, go buy special parts. Uh, and it just makes the cost of housing uh, more expensive. And everything, everything in the economy is like that. And the federal government is doing this on purpose, by the way. If you just look at what the overall trajectory is, they want big everything. So they got it. 
they have big banking, big health care, big airlines, big defense department, big banking, big everything, because you can control that and you can regulate it. And the small guys and gals can't afford to start new businesses in this environment. So, you know, it's sad to say, but that, that we are heading toward a, a just a, a government of monopolies and total federal power by design. There's no accident here. And now all the Fortune 500 firms are woke. I, I think everybody knows that. Uh, but, you know, just go go Google, you know, Fortune 500 woke, and you'll find 18 trillion articles on that topic. Well, let's talk about that, because you mentioned the Federal Reserve. I was just reading this morning, uh, former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers, and he was, I think, the Obama pick as Treasury Secretary. And he's actually speaking out yeah. about how the, uh, the Federal Reserve has totally become woke. Which is just yeah. so weird. And, and we've watched it, Dave. We've watched the corporations that's a, different than the Federal Reserve. But they've all embraced this, like their job is to transform society. Uh, it isn't really to uh, guard the money or to make a profit for their, their investors. How in, the, how in the world did that happen? How in the world did economic people who understand free market capitalism buy into this and go over to the other side yeah. seemingly so quickly. How did that happen? Uh, they've always been on the same side. They, they went through the Ivy League school. The Ivy trained them in, right, in PhDs in economics at Harvard, Yale, Princeton, whatever. And, the, you know, we have 12 uh, Federal Reserve banks across the country, the regional banks, like in Richmond there's one. And they got, you know, three stories full of economists who are being paid, you know, 200 grand each to be doing research. Well, where's the research on labor market, right? So they all do this sophisticated stuff to get into journals, but there's no reporting on, on the main things right now, right? The CBO, Congressional Budget Office, forecasts will have $45 trillion in debt uh, at the end of this 10-year cycle. $45 trillion. That's on top of $100 trillion, uh, you know, with in our unfunded liabilities, with Medicare and Social Security being bankrupt as well. And not a word on any of these disasters. Card from Princeton just won a Nobel Prize for his labor market research. And if the research is so great, why are labor markets the worst that they've ever been? We can't get anybody to work, right? <laughs> Wages are being bid up to $15 an hour just to get people to work uh, because they're still getting checks from the government. Uh, hopefully that's ending a little bit. But, yeah, the Federal Reserve, their, their primary mission is just to do inflation and unemployment. And they're doing every social agenda, progressive social agenda, on top of it, uh, uh, from flags to social policy to everything, uh, because that's the in thing, and, and there's incentives to behave that way, or you lose your job. And so it's, it's all the same, same, uh, same whole cloth. Okay, so uh, companion question to that. Again, that's the Federal Reserve, but it's also corporate heads. And uh, but but I want to move to Wall Street because you know the stock market yep. keeps doing amazing things. And yep. my yep. thought is yep. that makes no sense. And so I just think they're all bought into it. It's like a it's a fake. This is my opinion, and this is why I want you to straighten me out. And it sounds like it's they're all pretending and sort of propping up this big game that's the House of Cards. Is that true, or are they are they right to be optimistic? Well, they're right, uh, but for a lot of very bad reasons, because the Fed has printed money and put more money into play to be spent 
And the the federal government is doing fiscal policy, so they're spending a ton of money corp- on corporations, goods and services. And the, the biggest deal, right, like BlackRock, it's a $10 trillion firm. They have $10 trillion under management. Half of it goes to China. And that's, that's what you're missing, probably. When you say, how can this be? Well, there's another $20 trillion economy over there that has been growing at 10% a year. They're really growing, right, as opposed to our 1% right now. And so that's where the money's been going. And that's why the earnings, earnings are just another name for profit. That's why the profits in the stock market is up. But now, now uh, China is at war with us and Japan and Australia and India. And that, that globalization piece is crumbling right now. So thank goodness that's the one piece of hope. But uh, when that cracks, our economy is going to crack. Uh, big time too, because that'll that'll end this globalist uh, growth pattern, right? Where every firm wanted to, you know, just look at our big techs, right? Apple, Google, Microsoft. It's, they have huge opportunities in China to help China build their surveillance state uh, for totalitarian communism. And there's not a word about that in the press because the press does their bidding, right? But just think about that for a minute. The biggest firms, right? Our six top technology firms have a market cap, which means they're worth more than all European firms combined, Mm. right? Our six firms. And those giant firms, which are bigger than entire countries, right? Like our firms are bigger than like the Netherlands or even England, et cetera. And they're doing China's bidding. They're that big. And and they're building a surveillance state for our communist uh, totalitarian enemy who's at war with us right now. And so that's the part most Americans don't know because the press will not report it. No, and then there's you fold. This is a companion issue. Remember, uh, Google refused Google refused to work with yep. our uh, military. Refused to work with same them. deal. Work, same work deal. The Chinese right. won't right. work with our. You know, I want to read something yep. to you. This is uh, kind of along what we were talking about. Uh, this came to my attention yesterday, Dave. This is a story you probably you may not have heard because I got I came about it in a different kind of way. Uh, but there was a yeah. pastor who was traveling in Florida, and suddenly uh, his Bank of America credit cards, and he was shut out of Bank of America, his accounts, I everything, and I the church that. accounts. Yep, yep. Okay, so yep. in the course of doing that, then there was this little expose I read about Bank of America. And this is what the chairman, you're probably familiar with this, the chairman and CEO of Bank of America said this. If you look at the amount of money needed to make the fundamental changes that we have to make in the environment or human capital, it far exceeds the ability for any government to deal with it. They're running big deficits and their money's pretty well uh, accounted for. And it far exceeds charity contributions. So what can we do? The big companies that align their whole business system against the goals that the world wants. What's he saying? And what's the significance of that? Well, yeah, he's just talking in secular terms, and, and he's saying, right, our economy's a joke, and our K-12 education system is a joke. We're not aligning kids to uh, to be technical experts in the world that I just mentioned, right, where our six big firms are bigger than all of Europe. Are we aligning our kids for computer science and uh, information technology, information systems? We are at Liberty University. We're pushing all of our students in that because that's going to be the world they live in. But everyone else is getting, uh, you know, liberal arts degree and social justice warrior studies, uh, and then they can't get jobs. And it, so we're wasting huge dollars of education. Uh, 
But, you know, we don't believe in that, right? Uh, we, we believe in God, and, and the old Protestant work ethic should be alive. We need a revival in this country. We're all children of God, and we believe we're endowed uh, with gifts. Uh, and so uh, in spite of what the public se- sector education system is doing, you, you get your kids ready to roll, right? We're independently responsible for that before God. And so we need to ignore that, you know, that, that, <laughs> that, that story and do the best we can to really educate our kids and the things we know are best for them. Before we run out of time, and we only have a few more minutes here, we have to at least give a nod to that huge, huge spending bill. We mentioned it, but not much. Uh, your take on what they're trying to do and the most egregious things that you think are being talked about uh, being placed in that bill. Yeah, well, they, they just want to realign the whole country and add more entitlements. Our entitlements are bankrupt already, right? Social Security, Medicare. They want to expand what's already bankrupt. They want to reshape the entire – and they've created a whole new sector called the Green Deal, right? They just create a sector, and all the money that goes into that has to go through D.C. So that's kind of convenient, right? And if you just look at our friends in Africa, for example, uh, they're trying to push this green initiative on them. And we're just working on getting economies rolling in Africa, right, with, the, with basic energy. And now we're forcing this rich, rich, you know, United States uh, formula on them, and it doesn't work. And so that's the easiest way to see what's going on here, too, right? So they're trying to remake an economy in their own image, knowing nothing about economics and, and caring nothing about it. It's just to get power and money up to them in the swamp. And that, that's the whole goal. That's what's in the bill. It's probably going to end up being one and a half trillion, and it can go through without uh, without any Republican votes because they they have a special budget procedure that if it's tied to just budget issues, right, not the border that kind of thing. If it, if they tie it all to just budget spending issues, they can get it through with uh, Democrats alone. Well, and of course that's why Senator Manchin and uh, Kristen Cinema are so key. And you yep. know, I don't have faith in. Key. I just don't have faith, but I but he, they're making noises like they're going to fight back. And that would stop it. Uh, but there are things like, yeah. um, Dave, even just say a word about this proposal. Oh, no, we have a minute left. Uh, this proposal to, to order banks to, 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 uh, to monitor deposits and yeah. uh, expenditures of $600 or more. Yeah, yeah. Well, ne- never lose a crisis. And so COVID it, it has turned into just total control play, right? The fact that it comes from a communist country, China, is just a coincidence, I guess. Uh, And then the communists here are using it uh, for control. Uh, So it's all the same play, right? So now the banks uh, want a a banking passport of sorts, right, where they can find everything about every transaction you do in your life, greater, greater than some trivial amount, if you're a person or a business. And it, it's just what China is doing, right? And they're going to say, this is good for the country. We can track you. And these rich people are getting away with stuff. So we got to take away your freedom because we're going to go after these big, bad, rich people. Uh, and you just wait. You won't have a job in 10 years, right? And so that's what's coming our way if we don't stand up and fight for what made us great, right? The Judeo-Christian tradition and our Constitution and the free market system. Yep, and that's why so many people are fighting. I've been talking about that this morning. Lots of people fighting. And so uh, I guess stand yep. and defend. Uh, that's, that's the motto for all of us right now. Congressman, former Congressman Dave Bratt, uh, Dean of the School of Economics at Liberty University. And you can see why those kids are getting good teaching at Liberty. So when you're thinking about where to send your kids, 
you have to factor that in. Uh, Congressman Dave yep. Brad, it's great to talk to you. Thanks so much. And uh, we'll talk God to you bless. soon, okay? Thanks, Sandy. God bless yeah. everyone out there. See ya. Yeah, thank you, sir. Okay, bye-bye. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. A school in England banned the terms good and bad to describe pupil behavior to remove emotional words from the classroom. One of the reasons was that a teacher didn't want to make pupils feel guilty. They assume guilt is a bad thing. It's not. Learning the difference between right and wrong is a core lesson for happiness on earth. Guilt can make us turn to God for forgiveness, and that lesson will affect us for eternity. I'm Pastor John Miller. Visit me at churchontherock.org. One of the most controversial topics in Christianity today is homosexuality. The Bible is clear about it, but the world has been relentless in its attempts to shift our views, and that's caused confusion and increased pressure to bow to the culture. In his Engage Magazine article, Homosexuality Comes to the Church, Standing Firm in a Culture that Embraces Chaos, M.D. Perkins gives scripture to dispel the lies of the world. Sign up for your complimentary copy today at EngageMagazine.net. Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Forty days of twice-daily taunting from Goliath sent Saul and the Israelite army reeling in fear. But David's passion for Yahweh, conviction, and full persuasion stirred King Saul. When people are on fire for God, it often provokes others to glob onto that fire but we must be careful to resist the well-meaning overtures of the flameless bystanders. Saul meant well, but his armor couldn't help. It would only slow David down. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. All for the sake of the gospel. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. And let me tell you about Jaime. He's an itinerant pastor in Ecuador in Latin America. He'll travel days by foot, boat, and mule. He's been beaten by warlocks. He's been robbed of everything in his possession. And he suffered broken bones after falling 60 feet in the Andes Mountains. Now, what awaits him at the end of each trip? It's a thriving congregation of more than 100 believers where Christianity is fiercely opposed. And when I share Jaime's story and how he serves for the sake of the gospel, I recall Isaiah. 6-8. Whom shall I send? Who will go? And I believe this man is admirably answering that call and enduring more than most pastors ever will. And like others in the world where Bibles are desperately needed, Jaime is humbly asking us to send God's Word. Bible League invites you to send a Bible for only $5 every gift match regardless of size. Call 800-YES-WORD 800-Y-E-S-W-O-R-D or click sendbiblesnow.org That's sendbiblesnow.org This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute. There's been much talk lately about recent Chinese Communist Party tests of nuclear-capable hypersonic vehicles that can be used in sneak attacks against which we are currently defenseless. Two features demand attention. Former top Pentagon expert Dr. Mark Schneider notes that the CCP used a commercial space launcher to put its hypersonic glider into partial orbit. That means it could be secretly sent our way without warning. And another influential analyst, Dr. Peter Pry, warns such a weapon could be used to detonate a nuclear warhead over our country 
century, unleashing a grid-crushing electromagnetic pulse, like the use of the deadly bioengineered viruses being aggressively pursued by the communists of China. Such an attack would result in catastrophic loss of life without rendering America uninhabitable. In the face of such threats, we must recognize the CCP as our mortal enemy and get on a war footing. This is Frank Gaffney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Lance Corporal Hunter Ian Clark. Lance Corporal, come up here. Come up here. Come up. Handsome guy. Hunter comes from a military family and went to school right here in Perry, Georgia. Can you believe that? Come on up here. I am the guy that uh, pulled the baby over the wall, and it's definitely probably one of the greatest things I've ever done in my entire life. President Trump uh, rallying in Perry, Georgia. When he finished, the people started shouting, USA, USA. And they showed, of course, the clip of him pulling the soldier, pulling the, the baby over the fence. And so it was a moving moment, and uh, we were reminded of why we liked President Trump, because he liked this country, and he loved soldiers and policemen. Uh, he liked the working people, and he did a lot of things that were good for our economy, a lot, tons of things. It's like the the uh, the anti-Biden, I think, would be probably a good description. Uh, President Trump also endorsed, uh, there's a big Senate race going on in Georgia, and that's Herschel Walker uh, against Raphael Warnick. Uh, Herschel is a former NFL player. I think I've mentioned to you, well, I don't know if I have or not, but Herschel actually came to the FBI Academy when my husband was training at Quantico and trained with the, his, my husband's class. And he has, uh, he has wonderful memories about that. That's, um, I'll let him tell that story at some point. But um, President Trump uh, had some good things to say about Herschel Walker. Let's listen. We're going to fire your ultra-left-wing Senator Ralph Warnock and elect the great Herschel Walker to the United States Senate. And we're going to take back our country from these lunatics. Herschel has been one of the greatest athletes in America, and I know he will go down also as one of the greatest senators in America. All right, so that's uh, President Trump's endorsement of Herschel Walker. Uh, there are elections all over the place. Uh, I mentioned that uh, Texas has elections. I'm sorry, I don't have that piece of paper in front of me, but I think it's November 1st or 2nd. Uh, and there's going to be its municipalities, its school boards, its local elections, it's all of that. Uh, the Texas Pastors Council, uh, there, are, there are lots of organizations down there, very active. There's also lots of propositions on the ballot uh, that are important to, to people in Texas. And so I, I trust that you'll, you know, find, reach out and share with each other where you can find that stuff and to make yourself an expert. And then there's also, of course, this uh, big election happening in uh, Virginia, which is happening uh, next Tuesday. That's November the 2nd. And uh, Terry McAuliffe is uh, running against um, uh, the, oh gosh, I'm just uh, blanking out on the, the Republican. I'll tell you in just a second. Um, Glenn Youngkin. And they've been going, you know, head to head. Interestingly enough, uh, Terry McAuliffe was stumping over the weekend and he was president, uh, former President Obama was with him. And uh, in, his, in that rally, he was 
this is really ironic to me. He was talking about uh, the number of coronavirus cases and hospitalizations in the state, but um, it was wildly overstated. Could we just say it was not true? It was inflated, the numbers that he gave. And it was so bad that the Washington Post gave Terry McAuliffe four Pinocchios. That means, you know, he lied. Uh, so um, that's Terry McAuliffe and, uh, in Virginia, and he's running against uh, Glenn Youngkin, who is the uh, Republican candidate, and that's happening next Tuesday. They're running neck and neck in the polls. Uh, Glenn Youngkin has taken on the critical race theory fight uh, and also just the parental, not just that, but also the uh, the transgender issue and and parental rights in the schools. And Terry McAuliffe has basically said publicly he didn't think Parents should have some anything to say about what their kids are taught in public schools. So it's become a real divider. I uh, I am concerned that the race is so close because I think when the race is close, that's when the left does their best. Uh, it doesn't take much for them to uh, to wiggle the numbers or to you know find uh, ballots in places. Uh, and so I think it's uh, it's incumbent upon people that are concerned about that race to show up in droves and overpower whatever cheating might ensue. That's the only way I know to fight it. There's another race in Virginia that I think is interesting. I'll just mention this. There is a, there's a race between the Democrat uh, is Hala Ayala, and she is running for lieutenant governor. The candidate on the Republican side is Winsome Sears. Winsome is actually running ahead of the polls. She is um, a, a former Marine. She's a conservative, and she is a black woman. And so um, she's uh, she, there's a picture of her holding a gun. I mean, a big gun in this picture. And um, so Winsome Sears is running against Hala Ayala for lieutenant governor. So we'll have to watch that race. Winsome is now ahead, I think, by about six points, according to the polls. But that doesn't, you know, we'll see what that means. Uh, so... So that's what I wanted to tell you about elections. There's a lot more to say, but just pay attention. You know, I, I can't, um, I'm not, po- it's not possible for me to follow every state's elections. And so I think if I were to advise you, find, figure out, actively pursue someone in your community who really is involved in this stuff, whose judgment you trust, not just anyone, uh, and when it's, they can clue you in on where to go and who to how to find out, you know, um, who's a good candidate and who isn't. And for for whatever reasons, you know, people have different reasons for thinking candidates are good. And they may not be your reasons. And the reasons that they think a candidate is good is maybe the reason you think the candidate is bad. So you can't just it's not just someone who's involved. It has to be someone who shares your values. And uh, you may not even know them. Maybe it's a public figure. But I, if you just do a little bit of investigating, that's really my best recommendation to you. I often, <laughs> like it or not, I often get calls before elections from personal friends saying, what do we do about this? How about, about this person? Because they know that I pay attention. But I, I can't possibly know about every race. And so then I, I'm asking you to take responsibility for what's happening in your community. Also, make sure that you're registered to vote. Make sure that your friends are registered. Uh, we have to, uh, the only way, uh, short of a, a real insurrection, is, is to win in the ballot box. This is our, that's our dem- democratic process. And so we're going to have to double down and work harder in order to try to do that in spite of the cheating and the odds against us. Uh, that's the next step that I think we have to pursue. On the vaccine, I want to remind you that those of you in uh, uh, Mississippi, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough is going to be speaking this Friday night in Jackson. And um, 
Um, you know what? I can't remember the, uh, the, the, we put it on our Facebook page yesterday, but you can find it, I bet. Jackson, Mississippi, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough is speaking. And so, you know, he's one of the, the champions on speaking the truth about the COVID regulations. And there is a, uh, there's going to be a press conference today that I'm going to be uh, hopefully clued in on if the time allows. But I can tell you this, that in Tucson, Arizona, they have uh, been able to get tapes of hospital executives discussing coordinated plans to restrict fluids and nutrition for hospitalized COVID patients and also suppressing of all visitation for COVID patients while in the hospital, denial of vital medicines, and more. And so uh, that's that's going to be the subject of that, and you can bet that I will be talking about that tomorrow. Also, um, yeah, I'm not going to mention the other one because I don't have the times and the days in front of me, but there was another one happening in Florida, in Ocala, Florida, coming up where... Uh, these, uh, there is a, I'll just tease this, uh, they're bringing in tons of doctors. I think they have like 300 doctors so far signed up for this, but it's a public event and they've got uh, Pierre Corey and uh, Dr. McCullough and all kinds of people coming in uh, to sort of educate the uh, the medical community about what's actually happening. You know, uh, this is the probably one of the most distressing things. All these doctors and medical persons that we trusted, hospitals, it's part of our DNA. We've had great health care in this country. And we've known that they they have taken the Hippocratic Oath. They're trained to save lives, not take them, to make the best judgments for us. And it's been a shock to the nervous system to see doctors, and this is common, not uncommon, it's common, uh, refuse to treat COVID patients with any kind of medications that will help them, to tell them the only choice is to get the vaccine, uh, to uh, to just buy into the entire narrative, the CDC and the FDA, that are now completely corrupt from my perspective. There may be some people there that are not corrupt, but by and large, they've become corrupt. The medical community hasn't seemed to caught up, have, have caught up with that. They're afraid to lose their licensing. and But there are bold doctors and medical personnel out there speaking about what is true. And so we're going to have to support them. They, they're in threat of losing their licenses. And so um, they're, they're fighting. They're fighting, and we need to support them. And I know we will. We will. And pray for them. This is Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.